0: Well, hey there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate in the Culture, and our 100th episode, we did it. So today, we're going to take a look back on all the greatest moments of ATC. Oh, come on, we've had some good moments like this. Mother, there is no other like mother, so treat her right. Mother. Her right, treat her right. Of course, not everyone was a fan. David O'Leary said, spot on as usual and loved the extra humor, but Mr. T, that was painful. How dare you, sir? Fool and pity do not begin to describe my feelings to such a slander of Mr. T. But we thank you for your comment. And on this 100th episode, we're going to take a look at various cheers and jeers from the comment section. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your centennial today as we appropriate some culture. <laughs> We'll start off with episode 98, which was on California reparations, and it got some buzz in the comments section. Cut the check opined, copying Professor Blacktruth, fellow soldiers, knock it off. The word is sojourner, fellow sojourners. And nobody knows who you're talking about. But I will attempt to knock it off, or at least enunciate. No promises. In that same episode, Lucas Bryant asked, those are biblical instances of what did happen, but are they prescriptions of what should happen? So, that's in reference to some scripture that we looked at that arguably is an example of reparations, where, for instance, King David is making amends to a people group because of the sins of King Saul. And you are correct, Lucas, that those texts are descriptive, not prescriptive. The texts tell us what they did. It's not telling us what we must do. However, all of scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Descriptive texts can and do teach us, and what they teach us can be applied to our lives and train us in righteousness. So if we're just looking at the question of reparations in principle, we have to look at the totality of Scripture and then best apply it to any given situation. So here's some prescriptive text, at least to the Israelites, Leviticus 6, verse 2-5. through 5. If anyone sins and is unfaithful to the Lord by deceiving a neighbor about something entrusted to them, or left in their care, or about something stolen, or if they cheat their neighbor, or if they find lost property and lie about it, or if they swear falsely about any such sin that people may commit, when they sin in any of these ways and realize their guilt, they must return what they have stolen or taken by extortion, or was entrusted to them, or the lost property they found." or whatever it was they swore falsely about. They must make restitution in full, add a fifth of the value to it, and give it all to the owner on the day they present their guilt offering. Exodus chapter 22, verse 1. Whoever steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. Exodus 22, verse 3, anyone who steals must certainly make restitution, but if they have nothing, they must be sold to pay for their theft. And here's some descriptive text where this is playing out. Luke chapter 19, verse 8, "...but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount." So, God in the Bible prescribes restitution, and then we see descriptive examples of restitution being a part of one's repentance. And there's plenty of other examples. So, what we can confidently say from that is that God is in favor of us making amends and redressing wrongs. Okay, so that is a principle, then, that we have that we can apply to our life. So, the next question becomes, does that principle of redressing wrongs apply to this concept of reparations? Well, reparations is attempting to redress a wrong and make restitution. But all of those prescriptive texts of restitution are not about historical wrongs, but personal wrongs. It's the person who did wrong paying back the person who was wronged. It's not a group of people who didn't do the wrong paying back people who were not wronged. Which is what modern reparations is essentially. So that doesn't quite apply to the scriptural principle that we're working from. Furthermore, as we saw and explained, we have another competing biblical principle, which is that you are responsible for your sins, not the sins of others. The Son shall not be put to death for the sins of the Father, and the Father shall not be put to death for the sins of the Son. And yet, We do see in Scripture that sin has consequences and externalities, which sometimes are redressed. And one such example given is King David with the Gibeonites redressing the sin of King Saul. So we put it all together, the totality of Scripture, the descriptive text, the prescriptive text, and all biblical principles that form from it, and we apply it to the question of reparations. Is God against reparations? And I think the biblical answer is no at least in principle. God is in favor of redressing wrongs, and I see no moral issue with reparations in theory. But we're not applying this to a general theory of reparations. We're applying it to a specific proposal. And so it should be noted that there is no example in Scripture prescriptively or even descriptively of the sort of reparations that is being proposed in California. California reparations are applying to things that aren't wrongs. Overpolicing isn't a wrong. Incarcerating people for crimes is not a wrong. It shows partiality and favoritism, blacks being favored and Asians being ignored, despite the fact that both groups had had historical wrongs committed against them in California. So it's favoritism which is biblically condemnable. It also violates the biblical principle of not being guilty of the sins of the father because it's generationally removed from the perpetrators of the wrong and generationally removed from those who were wronged. King David and King Saul were contemporaries. It's not that far removed. And lastly, and I think most importantly, biblical restitution is meant to make amends and bring peace. And the purveyors of California reparations admit that their proposal will do no such thing. If anything, it would deepen resentment, brood further division and hatred among the races. So would God be in favor of that? Does the Bible support that? When we put the totality of Scripture together, I think the clear answer is no. Chuck Rambo, great name, added, Thank God it won't happen. Common sense may prevail. And indeed, that seems to be the case as Governor Lizardperson is set to ignore the task force that he commissioned. What's next? On episode 97, dealing with the new Little Mermaid, Dmitry Skobryevsky chastened me, saying, You have great energy. I wish you used it for something useful, though, and not for right-wing grifting. All right, you caught me. It's the classic Tennessee double round grift. Step one, I tell you what I don't really think. Then step two... And before you realize what happened, I've run off with your wallet and your wife. Sometimes people just say words without ever thinking about what they mean. On the episode dealing with the Dedham Christmas tree debacle, Sarah Swan criticized me, saying, I'm wondering if you have any connection to the community in which this happened, as you have about only 30% of the story. There is a lot missing between the post lamenting the tree and Loud's rant. specifically what prompted the rant. Hint, it was not the tree, nor did she say that putting up trees is what would put people in danger. Great job on the misinformation. I have no connection to Dedham, but I do have the news stories and the actual posts of the ladies. Loud said, quote, For a tree, for a mother tree, you have put people's lives in a lot of danger. A lot of danger. For a mother Christmas tree. If it's not about the tree, then hint. Don't talk about the tree. Talk about what it's actually about. But I do stand corrected as people's lives were very much put in very real and totally not at all hyperbolic or unhinged from reality danger, as Denham, Massachusetts' murder rate rose from zero to a staggering zero. And all of it over… something. But definitely not a tree. Look, Sarah, if you want to correct the record, cool. Correct the misinformation. But I cited my sources, and you cited… nothing. On episode 92, dealing with a hockey player who refused to don the pride colors, Griffin Brown said, Any way that you could incorporate more Bible verses into the videos, I enjoy having references to keep it biblical. Well, it kind of depends on the topic. Sometimes there's a lot of Bible verses, and sometimes there's not, depending on what we're discussing. So taking the topic at hand, there are precisely zero Bible verses about hockey players wearing rainbow-colored jerseys. Now I could restate the Bible's view of homosexuality as sinful and cite Leviticus 1822 and 2013 and Romans 1 verse 26 and 27 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 through 10. I could say Christians shouldn't violate their conscience and point to Romans 14 or 1 Corinthians 8, all of which are texts that have been discussed and at length on this program. But I think it gets a little monotonous to recite the same scripture over and over again every single time we talk about the rainbow cult in our culture. But I think more to the point, is a question of purpose. I certainly want to be biblically grounded, and if I err in that, please do call me out on that. Uh, but this is not a Bible study, and it's not a sermon. If you want that, my sermons are readily available. The purpose of this program, in my view, is to show Christians what is transpiring in the culture, the effect of that, the implication of that, in order to convince Christians of the importance of the culture and to spur Christians on to cultural engagement, particularly in the arts. That's what I see as the point. And that's what we've been trying to do for a hundred episodes and maybe for a hundred more. We'll see. But thank you to everyone who commented and those who support this endeavor. If you want to continue to support it, tell a friend, like, subscribe, rate, review, give a thumbs up. If you give a thumbs down, at least leave a snarky comment. Come on, give me some content. And I'll see you next week for episode 101 as we appropriate some culture.